everyone, and welcome to Mrs. King's Chronicles, a podcast for the fans of the show Scarecrow Mrs. King. I'm Jen Peterson, and I'm joined by friends Lexi Pima, Taya Johnston, and Miranda Thomas. Today we'll be discussing Season 2, Episode 14, A Little Sex, A Little Scandal. Sit back and enjoy information about the guest stars and episode details, followed by fan fiction recommendations and music videos that complement the episode. So this episode, A Little Sex, A Little Scandal, aired on February 4th, 1985. The director of this one was the it was first-time director of our show, Vince McAbeady. Um, and the writers were Mark Listen and Bill Frolic. This episode was filmed the 16th out of the 23 in season two, but it actually, of course, was aired as the 14th episode of the 23. And there's a, there's quite a few guest stars in this one, so I picked out some that I thought were the most recognizable. And I'm going to go from most obscure to, or least obscure, most obscure to least obscure. The guy in the flower shop, when Amanda crashes her car into it, is um, Ralph Monza, which I recognized him from the movie Get Shorty. I don't know if anybody else recognized him from the movie Get Shorty, but he was in a ton of different things. Night Court, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. I mean, he's been in, he's a big character that has played in a ton of stuff. His recurring role, most recurring role, was as Bud in Night Court. Next, I have uh, William Joyce, who played the senator, the senator of despicable practices, morals. He was, uh, he started out as a actor in theater, but his childhood dream, which I thought was cool, was to become a major league baseball pitcher. And he even tried out with the New York Yankees. Unfortunately, he did not get that job, and instead entered <laughs> the army. And when he was in the army, he actually got to do um, was introduced to acting, and um, so that's when he started his theater work. So pretty cool guy. He did a lot of things in westerns. Uh, he did a lot of character work as um, detectives and um, stuff like that. Really interesting guy to read about. Um, the thing that caught my eye is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Bye Bye Birdie, but it was one of my favorite musicals. Like, it's a hilarious musical to watch. But mm-hmm. he played in Bye Bye Birdie on Broadway. Oh, neat. Very cool. Yeah. Um, the next one that I have is the character that played Leon Sachs, Barry, or the actor that played Leon Sachs, Barry Pearl. He was from Lancaster, Pennsylvania, which is a town I've been to several times. Me too. Um, Yeah, cool. Um, But the thing that I thought was the neatest about him is he is one of the T-Birds in Greece. So he is the the one with the curly hair in Greece. Oh, no way. Oh. Yeah. just made Jonah watch that movie recently. Um, Port Charles, mm. 
Um, he played a lot of, again, a lot of character actor roles through the years. And nothing ever really, like, he never really stuck as a main, you know, main character or recurring character on anything. So, the actor that played Detective Tuggy is Pat Corley. Now, Pat Corley was a regular on Murphy Brown, which is a show that I really enjoyed. He played Phil the bartender. And so he he was in, I think, the first five, probably more than five, maybe six or seven seasons of Murphy Brown as Phil the bartender before they killed him off in 1998. Um, and then his, I think it was his sister that took over the bar in 1998. But the character was such a memorable, or such a memorable character, I had to use, I, I had to talk about him because he's in a ton of stuff, obviously, as a character actor. But that particular character stuck out to me because um, he was so smart. He knew everything and everybody about Washington. So Pat Corley, and actually, he passed away in 2006. So I'm thinking maybe he got sick, and that's the reason why he had to leave Murphy Brown. Hmm. So the last one is Jane Sibbett, who played the character of Shauna, who was the... I guess we want to call her a call girl. Her playing Shauna was her first television credit. Uh, after that, she played um, a recurring character on Santa Barbara, Jane. Then she did um, a bunch of bit parts until she got the job as Hetty Newman on Herman's Head. And then finally, she was Carol. Mrs. Ross Geller, the first on Friends. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, I had to leave her best for last because anybody that was on Friends obviously gets a big nod. <laughs> so true. Um, the other, the other thing that I remember her from. Okay, my sister was a huge Mary Kate and Ashley. Yes, yes, I love it. Yes. And she was the she was the <laughs> evil stepmom to yes. me on It Takes Two. So mm -hmm. there you go. That's my um, guest stars of note for this episode. Love. <laughs> nice. It Takes Two. I don't know what that one is. It's so it's, cute. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's a, it's a really cute Mary Kate and Ashley movie, and I've seen them all. So when I say it's a very cute Mary Kate and Ashley movie, take me, <laughs> take me for my word because I literally have seen them all multiple times. I didn't know they had. I didn't know they had movies. Oh my gosh, yeah. they had a ton of them. Yeah, they, they did. turned them out. Wow. They, yes. And those they, that's why they're so fucking weird now. They had, they had, they had <laughs> so many direct-to-video movies, it's not even funny. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen them all. When in Rome and It Takes Two are my two favorite, mainly because they were in Rome in Rome. So... <laughs> But that yes, it takes two is is a, is a cute movie and hmm. I definitely know her from Santa Barbara. <laughs> I know her from Herman Shedd, so there you go. And I know her from Friends, and it takes two. <laughs> <laughs> so Amanda witnesses a murder, but she lacks evidence, so no one believes her. But of course, Lee does. Together, they uncover a sex scandal involving a senator. That <laughs> sounds so boring. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I thought it was going to be the 
walking there. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I forgot. Hold on. Let me add something. Let me read to it here. Amanda witnesses a murder, but she lacks evidence, so no one believes her, except for, of course, Lee. Together, they uncover a sex scandal involving a senator, in spite of Amanda having a terrible haircut. <laughs> there. Now it's better. And ugly, huge, ugly earrings. Yeah, those it's button earrings, earrings that make it awful. really bad. I mean... It's horrible. The haircut's bad, but the earrings just, like, amplify the problem. Yes. Ugh. And then they bring on Rita, who has really short hair that's even worse than Amanda's, so to make it look less horrible. And she has the earrings, too. They both have the earrings. Like, ah! That was an 80s yeah. thing. I know. I remember, I think, wearing them, unfortunately. <laughs> like, let's see. It would have been late middle school, early high school. Yeah. Sadly, Jen, I had the hair and the earrings. <laughs> <laughs> I did have a perm. It wasn't that short. Mine didn't yeah, need to be permed. Long hair. <laughs> It was a it was an interesting time. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> One best forgotten. <laughs> and the stonewashed jeans will show up. Oh too. yes, with uh, the button flies. <laughs> Who can forget those? Okay, are we ready to start this awful episode? <laughs> <laughs> There's very few redeeming qualities in this thing. Okay. Wait, are you just better because of the haircut, or are you just talking about the overall episode? Uh, just, it's not one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's not one of mine either. I was just curious what you're talking about. So, the episode opens with Amanda driving in what we're supposed to believe is Virginia. And she's got uh, flowers all in the back of her, her station wagon. And we get to see the first of the awful haircut. <laughs> It pains me. It really does. <laughs> I honestly think that the ac- the earring accents make it that much worse. Like, I agree with what you say because you, like, you first don't notice it as much until you're, like, drawn, your eyes are drawn to those earrings and then you see the hair and you're like, oh, what happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she's cute. Like, without earrings and short hair in, in some episodes or and when she did the academy awards or whatever award show that was but i feel like people like have a bare earlobe they have to do something with it i don't know if it was the 80s or what but just leave it alone right it looks a lot better without the earrings or something simple well however they had it at the people's choice awards she oh, looked yeah. so much better with it it looks it looked it wasn't, per, you know, like, I'd rather it be longer, but it looked so much better. So much better. So I don't know what they what they did differently. I feel that this will be the first of many conversations about the hair. Yeah. In yeah. just this well, one episode, I think. <laughs> she might not have liked the hair either, so. No, she, I don't think around. she was happy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they had to do it because they, you know. She had, um, back in the Rookies, you know, she had that beautiful hair really long and thick and everything from from dark shadows and the rookies and then the third season of the rookies it just was like fried by it probably from all the you know work they did on it and throughout this mm-hmm. you know the series and, and you would think that it wouldn't need as much because she wore it long and straight in yeah. those mm-hmm. shows right yeah. So it wouldn't need as much work, you would think. You would think, but then if you look back at season three of The Rookies, it is fried, like fried, fried. 
So that's Did why. Is there a movie in there somewhere where she curled her hair or something? Um, no, I don't think. So. I mean, she had a couple things, but I don't think. I think it was just, you know, they have to do, you know, to make it look like that. It might not look like it takes a lot of effort, but, you know, yeah, to have they it, probably they probably have like to that. do, a, you know, quite a bit. And then, um, and then I think that's why she had to get it cut for Charlie's Angels, you know? Yeah. So this is kind of that reset she did back at, you know, just like every 10 years or something, it seems like. Well, then there's the perms. I mean, they come a long way with yeah uh, chemicals on hair in mm-hmm. general. For sure. Back then, I think they were just frying everybody's hair. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of us didn't need it. Some of us oh, had, man, had our fingers in a light socket already, naturally. <laughs> Everybody wants to get I, I know you don't like it or like you get frustrated with it. But again, I go back to the fact that you can wear your hair curly, you can wear it straight. I know. Naturally, like straight-ish hair. It, it takes a fuckload of product and a shit <laughs> time to just get it to do some sort of freaking wave. <laughs> and you just out of the shower, scrunch it a little bit with this product, and here we go. I've got curly hair, and then it's like, oh, I feel like having straight hair today. Let me just la-di-da, wash my hair. La-di-da. And then just straighten it, and it goes exactly straight. And you can also have it curly. Hey, you want to put a wave in it? No problem. Your hair will curl it. Very little product necessary. So, yeah, I'm a little bitter about the fact that you're like, hey, they can't be hit. Blah, blah, blah. Suck it, Taya. Suck it. <laughs> I agree with you, Leslie. <laughs> wow. And I picked all I that up on terror. just one side. I to be quiet, Taya. And you just egged it on. So, there you go. <laughs> I didn't egg it on. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm not feeling good today, and you're being mean to me. You <laughs> need to tell my mom. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious. Okay, it's it's hour six, and we're still no. Um, so Amanda's driving down the streets, and you can see the um. Oh, help me out, ladies. What's that bridge call or the um, tunnel called in over by? Um, Griffith Park. Oh, uh, I don't know what it's called, but okay. I was going to ask if it was Griffith Park because it looks like it. It looks like the entrance yeah, to Griffith Park um, that they're driving through. And the streets are very wet, which, you know, that's cool. You know, it rains in Virginia too, right? I get that. But then later on, the streets aren't wet and then they are wet and then they're not wet. So it's just kind of funny. <laughs> the little things you pick up on, you know. So... Amanda's driving, you know, unbeknownst to herself that, you know, all this chaos is going on around her, per use, and these vehicles are chasing, uh, this vehicle is chasing another, it's like a little maroon hatchback, and um, they are coming upon uh, Amanda really fast, and then another vehicle behind him drives her off the road, makes her, like, swerve off, and her flowers go flying, and then she's, um, she's you know, dealing with that and then gets back on the road after she kind of fixes them, writes them or whatever. And then as she's going, again, the road's still wet. Now, all of a sudden, they're coming around a corner and the, the blue car runs off the red car, but the road's completely dry now at this point. <laughs> and it goes from sunny to dreary rainy to sunny, like in the background yeah. of the car they're driving. Exactly. So the gentleman that was in driving the blue sedan, 
um, gets out while the passenger, the woman, is just sitting there watching. And the guy goes over to the maroon hatchback driver and, well, he kills him. <laughs> well, actually, he shot him first, right? He and then shot, the- yeah, he shot him from the car. He shot, he him, shot from the him from car. the car. So then he grabs a book and runs off, gets back into his vehicle. Amanda sees him shoot, you know, this guy and takes off down like a dirt road. So then the guy gets back in his car and and then chases after her. It was actually pretty smart. Like she peeled back and like went off road to get to the next part of the road. Like it was pretty brilliant. It is exactly. She's learned. You can see these little, in the past few episodes, you can really see her agency training kind of coming into play. Mm -hmm. And she's so calm. Like first season, Amanda seeing someone getting shot she would have been like, would oh my not gosh. react the same way as Amanda did Agreed. in the episode. Agreed. Like, she's so calm. She's turning the car around and driving it. Seriously, though, those earrings, ladies. What the heck? I know. I don't know. There was a wardrobe like, back then. They look like porcelain, like, china plates. Like a china pattern. They're like mm-hmm. buttons. They're like sewn on buttons. They're like... <laughs> Like, do you remember those big fabric buttons of the 80s? That's yes, like but the pattern looks like a blue, like a blue china. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> blue and white china true. pattern. <laughs> well, her outfit doesn't help no, either. No, it does not. That coat, is that coat like suede? It looks suede. I don't know. Just and the then whole the thing. collar. I mean, ugh. Oh, fashion The shirt doesn't look as bad like in the later scene when she untucks it and wears it casually. But yeah. tucked in with that jacket makes me want to hurl. The jacket, yeah. <laughs> Please don't say hurl right now. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, yeah, it's pretty rough. But yeah, she's got her wits about her. I, I love it. You know, it's you can tell she's like pulling from the training that she's been learning for the past, you know, year and a half. What little training they've given her. <laughs> right? <laughs> Shouldn't I know how to hit? So... Now she's hauling ass because this car's after her and the road's going from wet to dry to wet to dry. She's going back from which from which she came. So we see her passing the opening to Griffith Park again. But then she tails off that way to the left and then um, the other vehicle goes through the tunnel. So she's kind of essentially lost them and very calmly just drives on off. And they, they're none the wiser. She pulled that, when she pulled the car to the side, like, I was like, what is going on? But I didn't, didn't remember her hiding the car. I was like, I didn't remember this chase scene from the last time I had seen this episode because I hadn't watched it very many times. But yeah, it was like, it, it was, it was all about her lack of training being rectified because otherwise she would have just kept going and they would have just kept chasing her. Yeah. Well, luckily the road does look pretty sketch, and it has like a, it has a gate on one end. So luckily the gate was open. <laughs> I'll give her that. Or she had to barrel through there. And it also looks like the roads are all washed out. I don't know what's going on when they were filming this scene, but right after she drives through, the roads are crazy. You see where it's washed out across the road. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're having a big storm over there or something. Maybe this is one of the few times that the opening of the show is the case but it also involves like amanda you know what i mean like usually it's 
something's happening. She's at home and it ties in that way, but she's actually part of the case that's, you know, from the very start. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking because there's, there's that one, um, which one is the one where she gets kidnapped? Like ain't going to be sold on the black market. Oh, brunettes are yeah, really originally all about her. Even right. though they didn't know it at the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. I have, flashbacks I, I i i have a trigger word in here in this next scene with um detective tuggy so my brothers i have four older brothers they constantly called me missy and <laughs> and then in a very derogatory way right <laughs> they'd be like oh you're just a little missy little missy you know like that so when when he calls her missy i just it's like a trigger word for me so i really do not like him at all <laughs> because of that I don't think you're supposed to like him. Like, yeah. Well, good. It worked. He's <laughs> not exactly a charming, affable type of character. No, he's not. And then with that damn cigar. Gosh. Yeah, that wouldn't fly in today's day and age at all. No. Attitude. no. <laughs> and she's like making it very obvious that she does not appreciate the, the cigar smoke. That'd be all over Twitter in today's universe. <laughs> it totally would. Yeah. Yeah. At like Virginia Police. Detective Tuggy needs a citation. Wouldn't stop smoking in the vehicle. Hashtag health hazard. (laughs) So now Amanda has taken, uh, has gone to the police and they are driving her back to the scene of the crime. She's having to suffer uh, the company of Mr. Tuggy. Detective Tuggy. I worked 18 years for that, 15 years for that title. Yeah. If it wasn't so, what did he say? If it wasn't so miserable or something, I forgot what he said. If it wasn't such a great job, I'd quit. Yeah. So they get to the scene and, oh, here he's saying it. Sorry, you're looking a little peaked, Missy. Well, witness a murder is tough going. Officer Tuggy. Detective Tuggy, please. I worked 15 years for that gold shield. Fifteen grueling, back-breaking, miserable years. If I didn't like to work so much, I'd quit. <laughs> that was a little joke. Yeah, his whole, whole conversation about how his wife and cigar turned him on was kind of disgusting. That was so inappropriate. Like, seriously, yeah. dude? She um, explains that the, the accident happened right here around this corner, and they get there, and there's no vehicles. But she does point out, she's got her white and red sneakers on, uh, Nike sneakers. She she does point out that there are skid marks where the maroon hatchback was. And then the blue car, you know, jutted around it and blocked it off. That coat just makes her look huge. It's terrible. It screams 80s. Yeah, it does. It's I not, had a coat like that. Oh, did you? It's not very flattering at all. No. <laughs> you like the color. It's not very flattering, but the color is pretty. Yeah, the color is pretty. It's a nice pop. Mm-hmm. I agree. So Detective Tuggy tells her he's looking for a word. And she's like, a word? And he said, yes, the word is evidence. And she's like, oh. And he goes, and you don't have any. So he's he's pretty much, t- you know, kind of making it, making her feel like he doesn't believe her. You know, that maybe she miss, you know, miss saw what she thinks she saw, you know, kind of thing. You know, like she's some crazy woman or something. Which, you know, that's frustrating when somebody doesn't believe you. And then he's, he gets a call on his radio and says that, that the DMV says that the license doesn't exist. 
So now he's even making her feel <laughs> more. She's like, I know what I saw. And he's saying, lady, I don't know what you think you saw, but there ain't nothing here now. Really? And she yes. remembered the license plate. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now, see, if she'd only had a smartphone that she could have taken pictures <laughs> of everything. She could have filmed and... it. <laughs> All right. So now we uh, cut to Lee's apartment. And uh, he is searching for, I guess, some some an ice bucket, perhaps. Yeah, he's searching for an ice bucket. And finds it in the front closet. And apparently had it sucked in. And he doesn't clean it out. Like, ew. (laughs) It's like, that's nasty. But I guess they're not going to be, they're not going to be like drinking any of the ice. You know, it's like they're having champagne. So you wouldn't put, you wouldn't grab ice and put it in a drink. You know what I mean? Right. So it's just supposed to be cooling it still. Let's keep it sanitary here. Yes, right? <laughs> Although, I don't really care if Randy drinks the bad ice. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> ice, Randy. So, the, there's a knock at the door, and it he assumes it's Randy, and he opens the door, and he says, Randy, baby, and then Amanda's there. <laughs> now, you guys remember, we, we've already met Randy once before. Do you remember? Wasn't Randy Baby the one that was at Augie's in the mud pit? Yes, from from uh, from uh, Double Agent. Double Agent. She was in yeah. the closet or something. I think. No, she was in the she was in his office, and he was like, she had her half of her butt hanging out, and <laughs> no, yeah. he was he was making uh, came out somewhere inappropriate advances. <laughs> yeah, on her, <laughs> she wasn't having in it. So maybe that's where they met. <laughs> You got to wonder where Lee meets all these ladies, you know? Lee has terrible taste. Looks better dressed here, though. In the beginning, he does, Miranda. At the end, season three and four, he gets better taste. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) So Amanda kind of makes, shoves her way in his room, in his apartment. And she explains that she saw a murder. And he's like, what? You know, and... She's trying to explain it and, and she, you know, how she does her roundabout way of explaining it. He goes, there was a murder at your kid's school. I'm like, no, hold on. Let her finish. <laughs> and uh, she explains it. And then he, while she's explaining it, he's looking at his watch and she's, you know, trying to hurry. But, you know, at least he's listening, I guess. Back uh, season one, he kind of probably wouldn't have even let her through the door, I would think. Mm-hmm. But uh, she explains, you know, that she she did give a police report and that nobody believed her. And, and uh, so she takes the champagne and he starts reading through the police report. And he's like, they were chasing you? She's like, yes, they were. He's like, you know, maybe he was just grazed. And she goes, he was still shot. <laughs> and she said she saw him and, and he was slumped over. And uh, he's like. <laughs> that was what I was going to say, the slump, the perk. I saw him <laughs> the look on his face like good gosh you know he's like no car no body no license plate there's really no case she's like you need a word he goes a word she goes evidence she's like it's like a tree if a tree falls in the woods and there's nobody there does it make a sound she goes only i heard it but nobody will believe me she's like that's not the analogy i was going for that's funny so she's going to leave and he says he'll take a look at it in the morning. And uh, she's like, she goes, is a Randy a person you want to impress? And he's like, 
uh, possibly. She goes, well, then you should probably take the price tag off this bottle of champagne. It was a bargain. <laughs> He's like, oh, good catch. Good catch. I love his, oh, good catch. <laughs> He's a bargain shopper. Yes, he is. Good boy. It's funny. She goes, uh, she opens the door and Randy's there and she goes, oh, you'll love the wine, Randy. <laughs> She's like, what do you have us on a revolving, what did she say? It probably doesn't make Randy feel any better to hear her say the wine's good. <laughs> I think she says on a rotating schedule. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. The evening edition. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like his hair here. It's a little too... Um, Fluffy? Short in the front, I think, is what my problem is. I didn't even notice his hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he had hair? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's just like a little too short and feathered, I think, in the front than it um, usually is. Maybe he got a haircut, too, to make hers look longer. Yeah. I don't know. She goes, what is this, a rotation system? Am I the evening edition? She's got long hair. Randy does, I mean. Poor Kate. I know. <laughs> she does give him a kiss, though, so I guess he hasn't ticked her off too much. Okay, so now we get a cute little moment with the boys and and uh, Dottie. Although there's white flowers on the counter, usually there's yellow. Interesting. Oh. So they're arguing, the boys are arguing over how they're going to present the newspaper to her. And they're all <laughs> super excited. They're cute here. I like how they just like bombard her and like make her fall on the stairs. I often feel like that when two seven-year-olds attack me. <laughs> yeah right oh my gosh be glad they're happy to see you yeah that is true probably that is happy true. their parents <laughs> that's, that's probably true <laughs> but it's it yeah i i often think that they're going to completely knock my father off of his feet oh jeez. well Dottie has um tells amanda you know to in this episode, I don't think it says this, but in the script. Oh, so for the script, we have the final draft dated December 26th, 1984. So somebody was working over the holidays. And in the script, when she walks in the door, she walks in the door and her mom uh, and, and Daddy says, hard day, dear. And Amanda says, it was murder. <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny, right? She tries to be truthful, right? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny, yeah. I think they also, in the script, don't they, like, take her shoes off and put slippers on her feet? Yeah, and they put slippers on her feet, and she's kind of like, <laughs> so um... cute! <laughs> she's like, this is, um, great, but, uh, you know, what what's going on? <laughs> I could use that kind of treatment. I was gonna say, my first instinct would be, like, what did you break? That's yeah, what she said. Exactly. She's, she's <laughs> Something so... strange is going on. <laughs> exactly. What do you want? What did you break? Or where do you want to go? In the script, she says, Philip, you didn't break Mrs. Lombardo's window again playing stickball. He goes, nope. <laughs> he says that in the oh, she does say, episode, too. She does say, oh, murder in the episode. I didn't realize she said it in the actual film version. She's like, okay, this is nice. What's going on to the boys? And they're like, you'll see. And she's like, Philip, did you hit the baseball through Mrs. Lombardo's window again? He's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's super cute. The boys were both I know, they were really scene. cute. Well, in the script, it says um, that they're just supposed to um, ad-lib it. So if they did, that was pretty good. But Dottie's trying to get her to read the paper. And she's like, no, it's too depressing. She's like, well, read. Just don't read the. Oh, (laughs) she actually hits Dottie in the face, you guys. What? Hold on. 
The newspaper? No, with her hand. Hold on. I'm going to have to look. Hold on. i got to get it back a little bit. She pops her in the nose, it looks like. Hold on. Oh, yeah, she does. At the side of the face or something. Did you see her hit her? Yeah. She, like, pops Donnie her just, in the like, nose. moves on. <laughs> that doesn't is even, so funny. Hold on. I'll get the time on here and we can tell. Okay. <laughs> she really does pop her in the nose, though. They just keep going, though. I like how the boys all have their feet on the, on hers and they're all tangled up. That's so cute. Makes it seem like, you know, for real. And it's cute how Janie keeps hitting Philip with the newspaper, like, tap, like, tap, <laughs> yeah. like Yeah, he's excited to yeah. share the news. Totally. She's like, don't read the front page. That's where all the depressing stuff is. Just read that page. So then she, <laughs> she lifts, she lifts her arm from around Jamie and then pops Dottie in the face. <laughs> and then she's like, oh. I totally missed that. Yeah, I did. Oh, how many times have we seen this? I missed it all these times. And then I just happened to see it here. <laughs> so in the script, it says, the stage direction says, Arlington, Virginia, Mother of the Year nominees. There are photos of five women. One of them is Amanda. It's a candid photo with Amanda wearing a sweatband around her hair. Not the most flattering of photos. Oh, <laughs> uh, that would have been even funnier if it had been like... The pink headband, right? With the blue shirt, the sweatshirt. Well, and then in the script, she says, "Why, you little rascals! You really nominated me for Mother of the of the Year." That doesn't sound like her at all. <laughs> I'm glad they changed that. And then later, a couple lines down, she says, "Mother, I thought you promised to tear up that photo." <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not a great photo, anyway. So. <laughs> But it does, at least they have her hair short in the photo. But the boys are so, so excited. They're like, you're going to win, Mom. She's like, oh, my gosh. So back in the day, it was a big deal to type things up. Yeah. It has to be typed. Five pages. Yeah. That, five yeah. pages. That's serious. Is five type pages? That's a lot. It's not a horrible picture of her. It's just because she has the short hair. Yeah. I to be a good one actually but the script does have the I know it implies that it's a bad one I know that's so mean <laughs> so now they're looking at the picture of the five women that are nominated at the king house and then they switch over to Rita and her goons and they're looking at it and she's like that's her that's the woman that saw us and they're you know thinking they caught a you know caught a lucky break that they found the person that saw them killing Gillis. So we learn from this little um, conversation from them is that they were stealing back a trick book, which is for call girls to keep track of notes. And then this is where we first meet Shauna. And Rita's kind of giving her a pep talk about, um, you know, getting close to the senator to get more information and sends her on her way to go diddle a senator I guess <laughs> <laughs> she's getting paid good money to go diddle that senator <laughs> senator Hoffmeyer and then Rita's saying you did dispose of his body and the guy with the mustache says he sleeps with the fishes she goes well let's hope it's a deep sleep and then she says and I think we should handle Amanda King in the same manner she's the only witness who can connect us to the Gillis murder Ugh, not gonna work She's a little cold. She's yeah. she's quite cold. <laughs> she's a lobbyist. What do you expect? <laughs> oh, yeah. Ouch. 
True. <laughs> Political commentary for the win. <laughs> <laughs> so now we are at the senator's office. He's looking at the Brockton bill. So apparently they're bribing him, blackmail, excuse me, they're blackmailing him into getting information for this bill is what we can kind of gather. They're blackmailing him for his vote. He's working late as he grabs some alcohol. You know, it's it's a sign of the times when you're in your when they have like an office uh, setting and they have like a whole bar cart. <laughs> yeah, there's no way you'd see that today. I know, now you wouldn't. So you can tell he's torn up about it, but then in walks the blonde Shauna and she comes in, you know, all demure and sexy for him. He's having none of it. You can tell he's got some remorse already for this of letting, you know, her get the better of him. And he knows what, you know, he knows the score. He's like, you can tell Rita this is the last time. That was the last time we were together. And she's acting all innocent. Please. She's just doing her job. (laughs) (laughs) So he throws down the Brockton file. and And he's like, there, that's what you came for. So, of course, she picks it up. She's like, would you like to go back to the hotel? <laughs> you tell Rita she gets nothing more from me. At least get something good. I know, this. right? You've already, you've already compromised your, your integrity, dude. So you might as well get something out of it. <laughs> so now we're back at the agency. At least that lady's not walking in front of the agency anymore. <laughs> this, is, this is where you see the Washington, D.C. Corvette with the different stripe on the bottom. Yeah. Yep. And the different license plate, too. Yeah. I didn't... I'm... I didn't notice, but this episode in particular, you can see both of them because I noticed later on it shows the all silver one. Mm. Presumably when they're in uh, LA, right? And then this one in Washington D.C. So I don't. I I kind of like, in a way, you know, considering it's the eighties. I I don't mind uh, Francine's outfit here. It's very Michael Jackson video. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I don't like the pin. It's right. it's too big for it. But what is that anyway? Flowers. But I do like Lee's blue on gray combo. I always like when he, anything blue. Mm-hmm. Delicious. Ooh, he looks delicious <laughs> in blue. Ah, <laughs> we got a tongue flick. Okay, Warren. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Davenport, please. <laughs> <laughs> So Billy comes out of his office and Francine and Lee just happen to be standing there. And he's like, do you guys uh, know this uh, Gillis and um, know the name Chris Gillis? And Lee says, yeah, he's a congressional aide. Uh, he goes to Senator Hoffmeyer and she's like, including the Francine kind of gives a little bit more backstory on uh, Hoffmeyer and uh, Billy tells him he had a bullet in his head. He was found with a bullet in his head. I think from the Potomac. Was that right? Yeah. The police just dredged the car in Gillis's body uh, this morning. He had a torn page from a notebook. It's in some sort of code. He goes, what kind of car was it? Lee said. And he goes, it was a maroon hatchback. And Lee's like, ah. Uh. He goes, I should have known. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to listen to Amanda. Yep. When there's a problem, Amanda is 99% of the time involved. Yes. And correct. <laughs> so... She must really like that blue color on her right now because now she's got blue pants that are the same uh, color as that coat. <laughs> these are mommy pants, though. I, I know. I don't like, like those. They're like mom pants. <laughs> I don't like them. Do you? They are because they're the, like stretch kind. They're yeah. definitely mom pants. Yeah. 
Well, the kids have the house all torn apart. It looks like um, they have laundry all over or something, you know, but it's really, they're just making uh, forts and it's supposed to be cartoon, right? Yeah, cartoon. Which is awesome, actually. I know, that's pretty nice mom. I, I think they kind of make a point in this episode about what moms really are versus the yeah. kind of stereotypical view of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I did this stuff as a kid. I mean, forts and stuff oh, yeah. like that. We used to take um, blankets and put them over the pool table and then we'd hide under there. That was our tent, you know. Yeah, kids have, have to be tables and stuff. That and, stuff. and we use the cushions off the sofa as oh as yeah, wraps from volcano. Yep. <laughs> wow, what a volcano! <laughs> That's pretty fancy. All throughout the living room. Yeah. <laughs> well, the boys are having a sword fight. Uh, that sounds so dirty. Um, let's see. The boys are fighting. Um, <laughs> uh, nobody got my you joke. Perf. None of us got that. <laughs> <laughs> The boys are having a sword fight. <laughs> Funny, come on. <laughs> and, it, and how long did it take the rest of us to get it? I know, I said I have to move on because nobody got my joke. So I would not have gone there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I said the boys are having a sword story. fight. And I said, oh, that kind of sounds dirty. <laughs> and, then, and then it took me a second to like, why does it sound dirty? The boys are fighting and um, they're like yelling, mom, can we have a, can we sleep in tents tonight? <laughs> and she's just sitting in the chair, just watching them. She's like, sure. <laughs> she goes, there will be no loud sneak attacks. People will be sleeping. She's like, and Philip goes, Philip. sneak attacks are quiet, mother. <laughs> <laughs> it's neat that the boys as brothers do this stuff because... Sometimes siblings, you know, they don't get along enough to have sleepovers and sneak attacks and all that stuff. Yeah, especially that close in age. Mm-hmm. Well, Dottie comes down the stairs while the doorbell rings and Amanda goes to get it. And uh, she takes the boys out to help her pull some weeds, which which is kind of an odd time. And they're sitting there playing, but they had she had to get them out of the house somehow, right? <laughs> <laughs> so she takes them off. And then Mrs. Woodrow shows up uh, for the from the mother of the year committee. Doing her own little sneak attack. <laughs> She's like, we want to see your house, uh, how you run your house. You know, sort of a surprise visit. And Amanda under her breast is like, kind of like a sneak attack. <laughs> <laughs> and then the woman just barges in and comes in and sees the big mess there. And she's like, uh, no, this is the Sudan, 1885. <laughs> she goes, of course it is. She goes, well, you see, Philip and Jamie are studying the, the Battle of Khartoum in school, and so we've sort of recreated it, the Sudan in 1885. She goes, oh, yeah, well, they say an orderly house begins with a clean kitchen. And she's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I like how she called the it the kitchen supply is, line. Yeah, the kitchen yeah. is a supply line to Khartoum. <laughs> Marshmallows and peanut butter. And Oreos. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And then, of course, the bell rings again. <laughs> She's still carrying her carrot around, and she tries to shut the door on Lee. He's in a, he's in a um, pest control outfit. Exterminator. Yeah, exterminator. He goes. They're usually in the kitchen. Do you have a vacuum? She goes. Yes, I have a vacuum. <laughs> she goes. Why don't you go upstairs? Check the upstairs. There's no war up there going on. It's perfectly safe. There are no ants in here either. No ants in the kitchen either. What is this? Cartoon. Cartoon. Why didn't you call? Your phone is off the hook. 
Philip and Jamie must have knocked it off while they were playing. Look, you know that my mother and Philip and Jamie are right there in the backyard. Mm -hmm. Who's the other lady? That other lady is here judging me for the Arlington Mother of the Year contest. Oh, I'm sorry. It's the wrong disguise, isn't it? Well, forget it. See this scene? Though she doesn't have the earrings on. It looks a little yeah, bit she better. Does, it, so you're much right. better. It, it, it really does look a lot better. Does she have anything in, or are they just smaller? I don't think she does. Well, they're just open. It's just fine. Just let the earlobes be earlobes. It's, it's fine. <laughs> just let your earlobes be earlobes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. They are just hanging loose there. Yeah, it does look a lot better. And I think from that awards show, all they did was kind of take the sides up in like barrettes or like bobby pins or something to give it a mm -hmm. little bit of lift. So Lee's explaining to her that they found uh, the senator's aide, Gillis, uh, with a bullet in his head. And he needs her to come down to see if she can identify the driver, the one that killed him. Um, she explains that she didn't see the other person in the vehicle. And so he wants her to come down. She goes, well, I could try, but I didn't get a good look at the other man in the passenger seat, which obviously wasn't a man. It was a woman, I guess, <laughs> loosely. But with that hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Ouch, Jen. <laughs> could be a guy. <laughs> She's like, come on, come on. And he goes, I won't charge you for the visit. Probably had the wrong address or something. <laughs> She's like, that's quite all right. Have a nice day. You have an active household, Mrs. King. <laughs> she goes, oh, well, that's... Uh, <laughs> uh. So now we got uh, Hall and Oates here in the car watching Amanda. So they're patiently waiting so they can kill her. Hall and Oates? Are you implying that they look like Hall and Oates? The one dude looked like, <laughs> oh, looked like yeah. Oates. If you look at him, yeah. he totally looked like Oates. <laughs> oh, you guys are God. really slow on the uptake with my jokes tonight. Am I this, that off? <laughs> Well, definitely not the one guy. It doesn't look like him. No, the other guy didn't look like him. But yeah. the other one looked like Hall, uh, looked like Oates. Oates, yeah. I can see Oates. <laughs> so now um, we we meet Sachs, and he's a uh, journalist. And he's trying to do a story, trying to find out where Gillis, you know, how, why Gillis is, was killed. And Rita's in the waiting room to talk to the senator. And so they're kind of exchanging words. And how, you know, he's wondering how she got those swing votes. She goes, you know, you should never underestimate a woman. Then maybe we should trade secrets. He goes, mm, no. She goes, mm, no, I never kiss and tell. He goes, there's always a first time. So they're like kind of flirting back and forth, but I don't know. I think that's just how she operates. I don't necessarily think she's flirting with him. Yeah, was anybody else grossed out when uh, she flirted with Lee when he came in? Oh, yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh. You're like, dude, you don't really find that attractive, do you? Ew. <laughs> yeah, like, ew. How can you go from Randy baby to that? <laughs> no offense. That, that probably isn't very nice, but. So now Rita's in with Hoffmeyer and he's not happy at all. She's like, for God's sakes, Senator, I'm a lobbyist, not a murderer. But he thinks otherwise and he would be correct. Rightfully so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, it's reaching into the worst neighbor or the best neighborhoods, the, the, you know, crime. He goes, speaking of crime, what do you call blackmail? I call it insurance. Ugh. Of course she would. She's a lobbyist. So she's worried. All she's worried about is making sure that he's, you know, behind her on the defense bill for the next day. 
Yeah, the, the, the script went into a little more detail on the fact that he was kind of like a bad bill. That, like, in his good conscience, he didn't want to vote for it. Right, and she's making... And I don't think the episode went into that. Well, yeah, they only have so much time, right? Yeah. But... They did sort of mention it when they talked to Sachs, and he's like, check out his voting record, and then... Lee says that he's changed his votes. Like he lobbied against stuff, or he mm-hmm. spoke against stuff, and then voted the opposite direction. Right. Yeah. Maybe one thing to change your vote if it wasn't like a really bad bill, but if you really, you know, if it goes against everything you've been, yeah, everything you've been working for, it goes against it. Then it's kind of odd. Yeah. Washington D.C. So Rita's pretty much telling him, unless you're willing to give up your career, you better vote the way I want you to vote tomorrow. And he's kind of caught between the, you know, crosshairs. So then she leaves. Ugh, more flirting. She's like, hello, I haven't seen you around in here. I'm Rita Holden. He's like, Lee Stetson. I hope we run into each other again. I like what I see. He goes, well, thank you. That's so gross. I can't see her or him with her at all. I know. Come on. Never. Ugh. So now we cut to uh, the gym. I was actually in that gym, you guys. David uh, got us in there somehow with his magic. That's cool. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it's like a um, community center type thing. Does it still have like the painted brick? Um, it it looked pretty similar to that. It has the stage. I mean, it was it was pretty much you know still look from the eighties, you know. So they are now having a baking contest for this part for part of the mother of the year contest and they have to make their um their favorite or their their what is it their their top dish you know their their go-to dish and so all the women are standing there you know putting everything together and then guess who walks in detective tuggy and his little did his little police friend (laughs) Keep wanting to call him Huggy for some reason. You just want to hug him. I'm like, it's Huggy. (laughs) (laughs) And he's not huggable. Check out the glasses on that lady in the tan. Wow. Talk about 80s. Yeah. The other lady's wearing like a Bill Cosby sweater. (laughs) (laughs) It's when the glasses, they came into the bottom part of the lady. Yes. Instead of the middle or top. Yeah. (laughs) Isn't that funny? So. Tuggy, being his charming self, bar- barges in and uh, finds Amanda. And, of course, he's got his cigar. Ugh. Like anybody wants to smell that. And then he's dangling it over her cake batter, and the ashes go right into her cake batter. That's she, nasty. I love how she slaps his hand when he tries to help. <laughs> I hope she, you, you know, you would think she would throw that out and start over, but I don't think she did. I think she was trying to salvage it. I know. I know. Ew. And then she, then she gives it to Lee later. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because it was a chocolate cake. This one's not chocolate. Yeah. So they, um, the Hall and Oates, I'm going to keep calling them Hall and Oates, uh, the goons <laughs> are at the, the gym and they see her talking to the detective. And so they call Rita and she's not happy. So they are told to make sure she doesn't speak to the police. <laughs> I love it. Amanda's got her cake batter in a little pan, and she's got her hand hovering over, making sure that Tuggy doesn't drop anything else in there. <laughs> and then uh, this is the funniest part. She tells that lady, like, she's like, now I need you to, t- to put this in the oven for me. So for about 
at 350 for about 30 minutes and she's like oh i don't think you can tell me she goes oh no i'm a mother I, this is what we do <laughs> we tell people what to do <laughs> it's so true you have to delegate you do that's how you get shit done man mm-hmm. i think everything that amanda does in this shows how much she is a really good mom you know what i mean like mm-hmm. she sees it as examples of the wrong things but like flexibility and stuff like that like those are mom things they should totally. Be able to do totally i true. think they're kind of making a little bit of a point yeah that that's really the important stuff her earrings aren't the button ones but they're like really long copper like leaves or something they're yeah. not i do not like them those now, are back in style oats was messing around with her car by the way and she gets in to go to the police station and she can't stop. She she has no brakes. And Lee happens to pull in at the same time and she's rolling. She has her window down enough to yell to him that she, her accelerator's stuck. But then when she drives past, the window's up. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's, that's the other Corvette. That's the uh, LA Corvette. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they're, now they're downtown, down in um, at WB lot. Yeah, it doesn't have that dark gray stripe on the bottom. Yep. And then she drives through the floral shop. And if you look when she crashes in before the, the commercial break, there's just plants hanging down and there's not, not a whole lot of debris on her vehicle. But as soon as they come back from the commercial, she's got flowers and all sorts of things hanging all over her vehicle yeah. now and on top of her roof and everything and then she like fixes one of them on the yes road that's what cracks me up <laughs> i'm in this great like that's out. gonna help <laughs> but i do like how um lee rushes in after her and to make sure she's okay um he seems really concerned and like astonished and kind of shocked and she gets out and she's like oh my gosh <laughs> And he's like, oh, man. <laughs> She's like, this is awful. And then, yeah, she picks up the other, the purple, like the violet uh, lavender uh, flowers. <laughs> and then this old storekeeper is like, oh, my God. She goes, sir, believe me. I'm sorry. She's like, I'm really sorry. She goes, it wasn't my fault. The accelerator was jammed. I couldn't make it stop. He goes, what about your brakes? She goes, my brakes? I had no brakes. I had no emergency brake, nothing. And he's just sitting there, like, crying, the older guy. She's like, Lee, you don't suppose? He goes, yes, I do. I'll have our boys check out, check it out at the lab. He goes, what about my store? He's like, we'll take care of it. Leave me, sir. I'll make a phone call. Who's going to fix it? She's like, sir, let me give you one of my checks. They have my name and my address on them. And I'll give you my phone number on the check. He's like, Amanda, look, since you didn't find Gillis's killer in our mug books, maybe you could make a composite of him. She's like, I was going to do that for Officer Tuggy. He goes, no, I will talk to Tuggy. This is an agency matter now. So now they're back at the agency and she's helping the sketch artist. This, or... Thank you. God, I can't think of words today. The sketch artist. Um, she's always like saying how they have beady eyes and a thin mouth. And <laughs> she does a good job. There's no way I can describe I know. that detail. And to be able to like have a picture they've been resembled. Mine would look like a stick figure. Because <laughs> <I know. laughs> what do I have rudimentary? What was it, Lexi? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes your drawings have a <laughs> MS quality to them. A what? A what quality? Caveman. <laughs> yeah, that would be me. I cannot draw at all. 
We were in a team meeting the other day, and my whole team sitting in there, and she, we, she's like, her her drawings are a little bit rudimentary. They they have a little bit of a caveman quality to them. I was like, wow, thanks. Very important in terms of our history, and the point gets across. They're just a little, you know, they're simple. It's beautiful. It's great. <laughs> I don't need you know, just not a lot of details of them. That's okay. <laughs> I do that not point across. I, I, I cannot draw. I wish I could. I, I would love to be able to draw, but I can't. So now you can see Amanda giving the instructions to the, the sketch artist uh, from Billy's office. Well, Lee and Billy are talking about, um, you know, trying to decode that, that um, ripped out paper that they found. Now, how I have to wonder, though. They do say it was badly damaged in the water, but I mean, wouldn't that be totally ruined if he was in, like, in the, like, they had to dredge him out of the, out of the uh, Potomac? It depends on where it was on his body. He could have been yeah. in a place enough where, where it protected it enough that once yeah, it dried maybe, out, they could open it up. Yeah. And speaking of laundry, I've had plenty of things from my kids go through the laundry, and it actually comes out. Yeah, but if, it. if it was like handwritten, I would think it would get all nasty. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Depends. Yeah, they do say it's a wonder we got anything at all. So I guess. And then Amanda comes in. She she knocks and then shows them like, "Hey, I had the picture." <laughs> they let her in. <laughs> the drawing's pretty good though. It does look like a uh, hall <laughs> of Hall and Oates. <laughs> Just kidding. He's like, "Make sure this is distributed to all of our people." He's like, "You got it." And she shudders. He's like. What's the matter? Are you all right? She's like, oh, yeah, he just kind of gives me the, the willies. <laughs> it reminds me of the Lion King. Mufasa. Mufasa. <laughs> 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 so Lee's explaining that he didn't get much from uh, Hoffmeyer. And uh, he's like, he tap danced around all my questions about Chris Gillis. I don't know. I think the guy is under pressure from someone. And there were two perfect candidates there, Rita Holden and Leon Sachs. Both of them make their livings by putting screws to people. Well, she can't, never mind. They may be worth looking into. At least we have a composite of one of the killers. Good work, Amanda. She's all proud of herself. She's like, sir. She goes, never mind. He goes, Amanda, if you have something to add, say it. You never know what it might spark. She's like, no, I was going to ask how my car is doing. Your car. He goes, Lee goes, oh, you're right. <laughs> He goes, yeah, remember where that little flower shop on Woodrow Wilson Boulevard and 17th Street used to be? He goes, used to be? I bought flowers there last week. Have they moved? He goes, oh, well, not actually moved. More like, he goes, oh, well, not actually moved. More like rearranged. And then the door shuts and then you hear him go, <laughs> yell, the whole store? <laughs> she kind of cringes. So now they're walking through the park, Rita and Hall and Oates. <laughs> And uh, she's yelling at them because they didn't get Amanda. And she's saying that they got the book, but there was a missing page. So they're in the park and a ball comes toward them. And Rita picks it up and she's like, here you go, sweetie, to the boys. And then another boy comes by and like bumps into the into oats. And he goes, you little brat. And she has to pull him back from killing the kid. So they're just talking about how Amanda's luck uh, is about to run out, how they're going to get catch her. And um, they're asking about Sachs. And she says, God, her hair is awful. He's getting way too close. I don't want him collecting any more information on us. 
file his last story on the obituary page. Ooh, clever. So now Lee and Amanda are walking through um, from the bullpen and they bump into Francine. And Francine explains that her vehicle will be ready uh, later that afternoon. And she said, confirmed that the, the vehicle was tampered with. Did anybody else uh, have a little bit of a cringe moment when they were, when Francine was trying to explain what they found, uh, how they decoded the message, the trick book page? Yeah, I remember. Francine's explaining it. He goes, what about that coded piece of paper? She goes, well, Bartlett finally decoded it. Yeah, well, what did it say? She goes, well, listed some very prominent names in the D.C. area. And then afterwards, it said things like, uh, loves to talk, a little Bo Peep, and just plain frisky. And Lee's like, oh. And she goes, it sounds like a code within a code. And Francine goes, you could say that. She goes, it was a, tra- a trick book, Amanda. And she goes, magic? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lee, and, Lee and Francine keep talking. And then she goes, oh. <laughs> like, she finally catches on. <laughs> There was a couple times in this episode that they meant like the kind of off-screen characters' names were mentioned, and so Bartlett, I was thinking Juanita, yeah, and then um, I think there was Holcomb. So wasn't there like a Rod Holcomb or like yep. another yep. Kitty too? But I just can't remember who it was. But anyway, that sparked it for me. Um, Holcomb was the director. Yeah, he did the first time, and then a bunch of others after. Right. Anyway, I just think it's cool how they keep, you know, like incorporating, um, you know, like other relevant um, names back into the show. That's yeah, that's cool. great. That was a good pickup. In this particular script, um, after they after they were talking about how the bad guys, Kincaid said he sleeps with the fishes, that part, they go into this whole section about, it's directly, the scene directly out of, Murder Between Friends, which we see toward the end of the season. So they've obviously cut this scene out of it where it was intended to be originally and put it in that script and actually filmed it for that one and not this one. I thought that was kind of funny because it was like that whole scene with them um, at the agency and you all the viewer only thinks that they're getting uh, attacked from inside and Amanda gets off the elevator and walks right into it, and they pull her into it. Remember, that that whole scene was supposed to be originally in this episode, but they've obviously cut it, and now they're using it. Then, then they ended up using it for Murder Between Friends. That was kind of weird. Do you, do you think they cut the whole the whole thing out, or did he refilm the idea in the other episode? They cut the whole section out from that. Yeah. No, I, I mean. Did they film it as a part of this and then just move it or did they oh, just keep no. that idea and then refilm it? No, because they have that one guy in there that's in Murder Between Friends. Okay. You so, with the idea. Yeah. So I think they just were like, oh, we don't really need it. and But they, they liked the idea of it, so they kept it for something later, which I think is cool. That's smart to do. Yeah, I remember the script keeps talking about Billy's globe gets smashed and yeah. he's like crushed or something. Yeah, yeah he's like, he goes, <laughs> you wanted it to be authentic. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> so then Francine's asking about them reaching out to Rita Holden or Leon Sachs. And Francine's saying that she has, there's no love loss between her and Sachs. So she'll take Holden and he can have, he can reach out to, uh, Sax. She's like, what about my car? He goes, oh, you go with me to Sax's apartment and then I'll take you over to Elmo's body shop. So then they're coming up to his apartment 
just as he's leaving, he goes, I love it when folks drop in unannounced. We want a few minutes of your time if you don't mind. Yeah, you and about 10,000 other people. He seems like a little, got, he's got like a chip on his shoulder for sure. He's a douche reporter is what he is. Like, he's such an <laughs> Nicely said. He's not even funny. He goes, uh, Lee then gets kind of irritated and he goes, shows his ID and he goes, you can either answer me, answer my questions here or come down. He goes, I was supposed to meet Gillis and he goes, you were supposed to meet him where? He goes, you think you can barge in here and ask all the questions you'd like? I got a story to do and you're going to read it along with everyone else. And Lee says, we're talking about national security here. He goes, you're not the only one concerned with national security, pal. You want to know about Hoffmeyer? Then check out his voting record in the last year. And just as he comes down, goes on the stairs, he gets shot by one of the goons. He was sniped. Yeah, he was. Hall shot him. Yep. <laughs> I love it. You're catching on, Jen. Yes, Hall shot him. <laughs> Who knows where Oates is here? Oates is the car. That's so funny. So Lee goes after the shooter and Amanda goes to call an ambulance. It's too late, though. Sax is gone. Isn't he? I thought he was still alive. Oh, that's right. He did live. Okay, never mind. Amanda goes to get an ambulance for him. And then Lee ends up shooting Hall and catches Oates behind the wheel. (laughs) He goes, you're going to come with me, dead or alive. It's your choice. And Oates puts his hands up and (laughs) gets out of the car. Lee does not look like he's uh, happy either. So now we're back at the agency. Oh, you're right. So stable, uh, Sax is in stable condition before he's conscious and able able to tell us anything. Okay, does anybody get why he he makes fun of her here? No, I was wondering about that. He's like, I mean, it was just kind of out of the blue. So she comes up, and, and the outfit's fine, you know. And she comes up and, and says, I just called the hospital. Sax is in stable condition, but it's going to be a while before he's conscious and able to tell us anything. And, he goes, and Lee says, mm, nice outfit. She goes, thank you. He goes, guess if you keep clothes long enough, they come actually come back in style. She's like, style? He goes, gotcha. Yeah, I didn't get that. At it all. was so weird. You're just it just using each other yeah, randomly. It, it's weird. Yeah, like throw something in there. I don't know. <laughs> so Lee says, "Well, at least the streets are safe for Amanda to come out." And and she says, "Are you sure the streets are ready for that?" <laughs> and uh, Billy's like, "Francine, please." And they said, "Was Amanda's ID positive?" And he says, "Yeah, the man I killed was the same one she saw in the car." And I was on the phone with research. His name was Wayne Foreman. Three years ago, he ran an exclusive call girl. He's he's hired muscle, but he's not talking. And he says, was that the other man Amanda saw in the car? And and Billy says, looks that way. Well, Oates has curly hair, kind of like Rita. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. So they're trying to piece this all together. Like, so, so Hoffmeyer, you know, Gillis knew what was happening with, with Hoffmeyer. And then... Um, Foreman kills Gillis before he can spill the beans. He goes, sex scandals have always been a part of the politics. If It's been in the government since Washington, George Washington. Now, Lee goes over and pulls something off the dot matrix there and says, hey, Billy, look at this. Just before Sachs was shot, he suggested that I check into Hoffmeyer's voting record. Look, he changed his vote on several key bills, voting for when he lobbied against on the floor. You just said that sex and politics go together, right? And they're like, so? I think the call girls were used to pressure to get votes. But Foreman wasn't the type of guy who had access to senators and congressmen. Suppose, Billy says, just suppose, that Foreman wasn't the only connection between senators and congressmen. 
And then Francine says, well, then there was somebody else, somebody who's willing to kill. And then Lisa, somebody who's willing to kill again if necessary, which means Amanda is not safe. Of course she's not. Well, he looks worried. He does, doesn't he? I think he likes her. He really <laughs> likes her. <laughs> then we switch back to uh, Rita, and she's got like little smoke bombs and a gun, and she's putting them in her in her purse because you know you can never go out without those in your purse, right? Yeah, packing some smoke bombs. <laughs> you never Maybe she know. was a Girl Scout, always prepared. <laughs> That's funny. Okay, her hair is awful though. It looks like a helmet. Talking about Rita? Yeah. Yeah, it does. It was the 80s. That was popular. Yeah. So now we're back at the Mother of the Year Awards, and now they're getting ready to have the actual ceremony. And, oh, the button earrings. (laughs) (laughs) Not the button earrings. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I don't really care for the sweater either, the black and the red sweater. Just doesn't look like her. I think at this point, they're just trying to do anything, anything <laughs> to distract with that awful hair. <laughs> when I recognized that outfit, I was like, I know that from somewhere. She does an interview in that sweater and those earrings. Does she? Yeah, she does the one where she talks about, um, she, she talks about Scarecrow and her schedule, and she talks about Audrey Hepburn. And, no, you mean Catherine. Um, in that exact outfit. I was like, I know that from somewhere. Hmm, it's one of the Nebraska. Oh, interviews. I do know which one you're talking about with that one lady. Yeah. It's, I know. it's in that same outfit. Yeah, yeah. I have pictures uh, from the set of this um, scene in on my site where she's um, sitting in her director's chair, you know, in you know those chairs they have for the talent. Mm-hmm. Does she have a sweater on? Uh-huh, she's wearing the outfit. Oh, I'm going to have to go look at that. Yeah. They're like behind the scenes kind. So she's waiting. Uh, she's begging Mrs. Woodrow to uh, hold off and kind of postpone starting the event because her mother and her sons aren't there yet. And uh, she's like, can we just take a few more minutes? She's like, punctuality is part of our program. She's like, yes, I know, but mother and the boys aren't here yet. And I know that they'll be here in a few more minutes. She goes, in five years, we've always started on time. <laughs> she's like, do you think we could just wait five more minutes? I could wait possibly three. And Amanda's like negotiating four. <laughs> See, I think if you're late, you're late. Okay. Yeah, people are still walking in anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The mother boy should have been there. So now Lee's talking with uh, Hoffmeyer, trying to get him to explain who's actually blackmailing him. And Hoffmeyer is, you know, hesitant to do anything, you know, to say anything, but he's like, I've been in this game a lot longer than you have, son. He goes, yeah, well, sex a sex scandal is one thing, Senator, but now the game is murder. Hoffmeyer is like, oh. He goes, hey, I haven't killed anyone. He's, I've done a little research on, research on your voting records on certain bills. It seems you've radically changed your point of view in the last few months. He goes, there's no law against you. Someone is, is blackmailing you. They killed Chris Gillis because he knew too much. Leon Sachs was shot and critically wounded for the same reason. I think that kind of brings it home for him then. He's like, you're the last one left. You could be the next target. Then he starts looking like he's peeing himself. He goes, I want protection. And Lee's like, I want a name. Give him the name. Come on, buddy. Rita Holden. And then Lee goes, oh my God, Amanda. Hey, where's my protection? I don't think he really cares right now, buddy. Plus Rita's after Amanda, so. Mm Mm-hmm. So now Rita is taking one of her 
smoke bombs and starting it behind the the stage. This is like a parts art, part arts and crafts, and part. It seems like here. it, doesn't it? She was looking at a clown yeah. there on the table. Yeah, kind of does. Uh, like garage sale or something too. Yeah, sure. There's art. Unless the mothers had to do some art project. <laughs> yeah, right. I'd be like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so now Lee's busting tail to uh, get get to the event, and the smoke bomb is going off, and Mrs. Woodrow is announcing, talking, you know, kind of introducing every everything, starting up the event, and then we have another smoke smoke bomb being let off, and sparks are flying. And then Rita yells out fire. So then everybody's freaking out and and trying to push each other out of there. All right. So then Rita pulls out her gun and she's, gosh, somebody just plowed through, plowed into Amanda, (laughs) knocked her down on the ground. And then Rita helps her up and Lee rushes in and sees Rita taking Amanda out the back. So Rita shoves her over and makes Amanda drive the vehicle. And Lee sees them pull out and runs after the vehicle and jumps on the hood, doing his flying squirrel. We haven't seen this one in a few episodes. <laughs> so he jumps on. And then Amanda, smart, she knocks the gun out of uh, Rita's hand. But now Rita has shoved her foot on top of Amanda's on the accelerator. So now they're fighting for control of the vehicle. And poor Lee's hanging on by, by just his fingertips. And then Amanda finally gets the brakes, hits the brakes, but then Lee goes flying off. Poor guy. So then he pulls out his gun and stops Rita. I love this part. <laughs> he has her stop and man just just watching. I like when he asks, are you okay? Yeah, me too. That's cute. Oh, that's sweet. She goes, you wouldn't actually shoot a lady, would you? <laughs> and Lee says, no, but I would shoot you because <laughs> you're not a lady. See what he did there? Lady? I see no lady here. <laughs> and he goes, you all right? And she just, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, he used his uh, chin, his jaw tightening. So now we're back to his apartment. Now, this is the first time that we see this actual apartment. This is the first time we see it. The outside? Yeah. He's in brown. Like, a lot of brown. (laughs) Too much brown. And then he he takes out a cake. It looks pretty sad. And he he puts it down and he he yells at it. And he's like, you were supposed to defrost. So then there's someone at the door, and it's Amanda. I love this coat on her. Yeah, it's nice. I think that's pretty. And the pink's pretty, too, except for those buttons. The button earrings are just awful. Yeah. Earrings are a big problem. <laughs> yeah. You can see his bruise on his forehead. Well, you know, the what looks like a bruise. I don't know why, but I noticed the earrings so much more in this episode than I than I have in the past. Well, this is the first time she wears, like, the big honker ones. Usually she's just got, like, diamond studs in. Yeah, but I mean, like, watching it in the past, like... Oh, oh, I thought you meant... Watching it then and then watching it now. Like, I feel like they are sticking out to me way more now than they did the last times I've watched it. Gotcha. I thought you meant um, previous episodes, not, like, this particular episode. Well, so he opens the door and she goes, Randy, baby. (laughs) So she knew what he was, uh, who he was expecting. And she's got her cake in her hand with a towel covering. And he's like, "Uh, what's that? And she pulls it off. (laughs) 
She said, oh, it's, uh, I just whipped up a cake, a little cake I whipped up for the Mother of the Year contest. I thought I'd give it to you as sort of my way of saying thank you for being the only one who believed me. Aw, he's so excited. <laughs> Amanda, you are a lifesaver. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, by the way, I just wanted to tell you that it'll be in the papers tomorrow, but uh, Senator Hoffmeyer resigned. Oh, well, I guess he kind of brought it on himself, didn't yeah. he? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, what, what did happen to that Mother of the Year thing? Oh, well, uh, they put it off a couple of days, and Mother and the boys got there in plenty of time to see me lose. Oh. I guess my lifestyle was just a little too hectic for the Mother of the Year judges. Oh, gee, that's too bad. I'm oh, c'est la vie, you know. <laughs> well, um, hope you and Randy have a, a nice evening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good time. Uh -oh. Hi, Randy. That's it. Uh, Randy. Oh, oh, Randy, she... Uh... Oh, gosh, I'm really sorry. I mean, you have your candles and your... Well, I... she misunderstood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess so. Well... You want some cake? <laughs> it's cute because you're like, oh, he's, he's totally over the fact that she, you know, that Randy just left him and he doesn't even care. But then you're like, well, she's not sloppy seconds, dude, you know. <laughs> that's a that's a cute ending, though. I like, I love her laugh, that dirty laugh, you know. <laughs> it's funny. And that's how that one ends. Parts of it were cute. Yeah, there was, as usual, there's moments of, you know, like... That are cute, but it's not one of my favorites. That's for sure. The, the Dottie and the boys scene was good. Were, were cute. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a good scene. Those were cute. Very natural. And there were a few of them. It wasn't just one. You know, one establishing right her home life. You know, it was a couple. Next up, we have mail from Mrs. Marston, and the first email comes from Janet H, and she says. Ah, the mystery of the British systems of titles. Primogeniture and death taxes continue to confound almost everyone, even the British. Lord Brownfield became a lord one of two ways. Either he is a hereditary peer and was born to inherit the title, and his eldest son will inherit in turn, or he was appointed to the House of Lords, the upper house in Parliament, in which case the title is for his lifetime only and not inherited, which is known as a life peerage. Given that the ancestral home, and that this was the 1980s before parliamentary reform, Lord Bromfield is almost certainly a hereditary peer. However, he is obviously also very intelligent and not content with resting on his hereditary laurels. He is active in politics and is an undersecretary with the Foreign Office, which means he is a high-ranking right-hand man to the British equivalent to the Secretary of State. His wife would be addressed in two different ways, depending on her background. With her, quote, impeccable bloodlines, it's possible that she is the daughter of an earl or duke, in which case she would have been known as Lady Gwyneth her entire life, just as Lady Diana Spencer was before her marriage. However, if she was a lesser member of the nobility, she would have been simply Miss Gwyneth Smith, and on marriage, she became Gwyneth Lady Bromfield, and would have never been called Lady Gwyneth. Wives take husbands' titles, not the other way around. 
In fact, Diana was never officially Princess Diana because she had not been born one. She was actually Her Royal Highness Diana, Princess of Wales. Much like her current daughters-in-law are absolutely not Princess Catherine or Princess Meghan. Whoo, baby. Okay, but what about Prince Philip? I hear you cry. Well, he was actually born Prince Philip of Greece and Denmark. Don't ask. It's unnecessarily complicated, and really, that whole mess led to World War I. So he was a prince when he married the then Princess Elizabeth and was awarded titles by his father-in-law when they married. Then another when she inherited the crown. Then was eventually made a British prince officially much later. Confused yet? Because seriously, it is quite, quite insane. The odd thing about the impeccable bloodlines bit is that it implies that the marriage was arranged in the interest of maintaining the Bromfield blood, bloodline, and yet it would seem they have no kids. And if you really want to get into the weeds, a proper English lady would certainly not be having affairs until she had provided her husband with an heir just to be certain it was his. I sort of thought, okay, then that's the, I'm sorry, that's the end of Janet's um, explanation. I sort of thought she would have an affair in order to give him a son, even if it wasn't his. Like, oh, wow. you, always, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's why, that's why she went out searching for affairs, but who knows? Hmm. No, I mean, I think she went out to have the affair to, because, you know, she going back to that episode, We've already talked about it, but he, like Lord Brownfield, liked her, and it was not mutual from her side. Yeah, that's true. More of like you know the passionate sort of thing. But I think what Janet's saying, you know, no matter what, a proper English lady would do the heir. Usually, probably a spare to heir and a spare. Right. Illicit <laughs> tryst, um, but clearly Lady Brownfield or how her name was. <laughs> Uh, did not think that way. She was not a true proper lady. Yeah. Well, thanks, Janet. That was really interesting. That was that was a lot of information that I didn't know, and I don't know that I will remember because it's really hard to remember. But it was <laughs> awesome to see it all and how it lay how it lays out. I'm glad I'm not part of the British monarchy. That's all I have to say. <laughs> right. Too true. Okay. Our next message comes from Kathy S. And she says, hi, ladies. First of all, I love your podcast. While I've watched, rewatched, and re-rewatched all the episodes, you have shed a new light on many of the things I've taken for granted. Thank you for being such devoted fans of my favorite series. I've just finished listening to An Affair of Romfield Hall, and I had to laugh enviously at how young you all are. Oh, I'm wow. <laughs> I know, right? I'm Yay! Not just you, Lexi. <laughs> I'm definitely your senior by many years. TWA was, in its day, one of the premier airlines. In fact, the husband of one of my colleagues and a dear, dear friend of mine was a pilot for them for his entire career, visiting just about every major city in the world. My husband and I vacationed with them several times and he would always regale us with stories from his travels. He retired before they were bought out, but he was saddened to see them succumb to their competition. It was truly the end of an era. I also enjoyed your comments about the cars in the episode. As you know, European luxury cars are very different from those here in the U.S., and definitely different from Lee's Porsche and Corvette. 
I like them both, by the way, and have been amused by your stories of how Bruce and the Porsche didn't get along. While I haven't had the time to research as to when the opening credits changed, I wanted your opinions on the change made to reflect Lee's new Corvette. When the bootlegger's turn is executed, I think it's painfully obvious that it's a stunt double and not Bruce behind the wheel. While I semi-understand some of the other bad shots during the episodes, where the stunt double is rather obvious, I just can't understand why they would permit such a bad shot to be used over and over again. Thanks again for all your efforts with the podcast. Keep up the great work. SMKKMS of fanfiction. Can I be honest? Yeah. Please do. I have never noticed that it was the stunt double in that shot that's in the credits. You haven't? <laughs> I was just going to try to find what she was talking about. I mean, it's... It's kind of obvious that they, they, the people that did the editing didn't realize, and how could they, that we would have DVDs and DVRs and VHS and being able to pause and rewind and pause again. So, I mean, I think they just figured it's fast enough that you're not going to see it and, you know. And people like me who are non-observant sometimes <laughs> just didn't even pay any attention that Bruce wasn't driving that car. <laughs> yeah. Like now at this point, uh, how many times I watched it, I'm like, not Lee, Lee, not Lee, not Lee, Lee, not Lee. <laughs> you know, I can tell exactly which ones are him just, you know, by the, from the back of the head, you know, but you have to see it a lot. It's not in the credits right now. In season two, where we are. No, it's from season three. Later. It's um, okay. what she's talking about, I think, is from um, Fast Food for Thought. Okay, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I didn't, I, I have never even paid attention. I guess I, now I will. Thank <laughs> you for that. Because now I can say, oh my gosh. Yeah, good stuff. So thank you both for sending in your messages. We are so glad to get them and to hear what you think about the show and the podcast. If you would like to submit your comments to us, we have a couple of different ways you can do that. You can send us straight an email to Mrs. Kane's Chronicles at gmail.com, or you can submit your feedback at our website at mkcpodcast.com. Ernie the Camera brings you videos that complement the episode A Little Sex, A Little Scandal in Mrs. King's Chronicles Video Vault. We all give Amanda some serious points for being brave, even when faced with new situations. In this episode, she remained calm during car, car chases and all kinds of attempts on her life. That agency training is really kicking in. It's all summed up in the song Brave by Josh Groban and with the video clips put together by Love SNK. The second video is all about Lee looking after Amanda. He trusts her instincts in this episode and protects her. He doesn't even look too disappointed when Randy Baby runs off in a fit of jealousy. Eating cake with Amanda is just fine with him. The song is Next to Me by Emily Sanday, the video put together by Moxie's SNK Vids. And there's also a bonus video for this episode, also put together by Moxie's SNK Vids. It is a music video, but a compilation of clips that emphasize Amanda King as a great mom entitled Happy Mother's Day from SNK. And as we all know, it's not perfectly clean houses that make happy, well-adjusted children, but it's the ability to be creative and explore and just be themselves. A mom that can build forts, reenact wars, and make messes wins the month of the year in our mind. 
These videos can be found on YouTube and we have provided links on our website at mkcpodcast.com. So it's time for Dottie's Bookshelf, where we'll recommend a couple of fan fiction stories that go along with the episode, A Little Sex, A Little Scandal. The first one we're going to recommend is called Chocolate Cake, and it was written by Sieg in 2000. It's just a few more minutes of the tag with Lee and Amanda sharing the cake and some coffee. The second recommendation is A Little Cake, A Little Conversation, written by Hester4418 in 2012. Lee and Amanda share her prize-winning cake and have a little conversation. Did Lee just call Amanda Mandy? As always, we'll link these stories on our website in the show notes at www.mkcpodcast.com. Happy reading. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Mrs. King's Chronicles. If you want to participate in even more fun, be sure to check us out on social media on Facebook and Twitter at MKC Podcast and in our private Facebook group, Mrs. King's Chronicles. Join us next time as we discuss Season 2, Episode 15, A Relative Situation. Thanks, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.